Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Shares for Beginners. Weekend Watchlist. G'day and welcome back to Shares for Beginners Weekend Watchlist, where we'll be taking a close look at an individual company or sector for your watchlist. It's not a recommendation to buy, but a way for you to learn how the experts screen for value. Joining me today is Andrew Page from Strawman. G'day, Andrew. G'day, Phil. How's things? Really good. Thank you. So we're going to be talking about E-Road and the code is ERD. So I've got a little bit of a summary here. I won't go on too far, but... um, E-Road Limited provides electronic onboard units and software as a service to the transport industry in New Zealand and internationally. The company was founded in 2000 and is based in Auckland, New Zealand. Is that a good overview? It is. It's a very good overview. Like a lot of company descriptions, well, at least for me, it, it takes a, a bit of unpacking. You know, what does that actually mean in plain English in terms of, of what they do? So the way to think of it is it's they basically do logging for drivers. They manage truck fleets. So it's everything from vehicle tracking where you can manage speed and driver safety, plan your maintenance, even things like fuel efficiency, compliance, fleet productivity. It's also something that's very useful for insurance premium purposes. In fact, in the US, there are mandates to have dash cams on a lot of these trucking fleets as well. So they're basically dragging the the trucking industry into the the 21st century. So where (laughs) all these logbooks tended to be done on on paper and then, you know, back on a spreadsheet at the office, this is all done through through SaaS programs and stuff. And yeah, I guess it used to be an an, an honor system as well. There was honor in there as well, whereas now with GPS and software as a service, it can all be tracked and logged and you know, created into usable data. Yeah. And just done in an automated way and aggregated all together. So it gives the operators a really good overview of their whole operation. And just the value proposition really is it helps you save time and money at the end of the day. And they've had a lot of success in in what they've done. Yeah. They've been going since um, 2000. I believe there's been a tie-up with Navman or there's involvement with Navman, the original GPS devices. <laughs> we, we remember so fondly. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? What a phenomenal business um, Navman was for a time until really what they did became a feature of the smartphone <laughs> and, and completely disrupted the model. But yeah, so Steve Newman is the uh, CEO and founder of E-Road and he was formerly the co-founder of Navman. I think you might still have a fairly large shareholding in the company. So very familiar with with technology, very familiar with transport technology as well. Yeah, started in uh, a few years ago, but only listed on the New Zealand Stock Exchange in 2014. And they've only just come to the ASX in September of last year. So they're rel- they'll be relatively new for most investors in Australia. So if I could just um, quote one of your users, straw man user, I can't remember his name, but uh, astute investors may have noticed that this quarter is the first time the company has started reporting unit sales of their new Clarity Dashcam product. And... Um, this user is saying that there's a number of reasons why this is important. Yeah. So it's all about the upsell, I suppose. As everyone knows, it's hard to win a client. And once you get a client, you hope that they use your software more and more and end up paying more and and adding more features and more products 
to your offering just helps increase that average revenue per customer and just increasing the value proposition also for, for new customers. So they spend quite a bit of money on R&D and have over the years. In fact, they're spending a little bit more in the current period as well. And they need to do this as well. They're not the only players in this space. And like a lot of structural changes you see in industries, once that shift starts to occur, you really want to make sure that you capture as much of that land grab as you possibly can. And so sales is obviously important to that, but also having a really nice product set is important too. So yeah, they've got a lot of really cool IP and they're continuing to expand that. In fact, like a lot of tech companies, that spend is actually depressing their profit. They could be much more profitable today and have been profitable earlier had they not done that. Having said that, it is the right thing to do because if, if you don't, someone else will and you'll become less and less relevant. But having said all of that, they are cash flow positive uh, in the most recent period. They've just passed that inflection point now. So it looks as though in the years ahead, they should be self-sustaining, profitable, and like a lot of these businesses, once you've got an established cost base, there's generally a fair bit of flex in that too. So as the top line grows, as, as revenue and sales grow, a lot more of that drops to the bottom line. So you get an expansion in the net margin. So what that really means is though, you know, for a company like this, which I think should be able to sustain at least sort of 15% top line growth over the next couple of years, the actual profit growth should be a lot stronger than that as well. It's always a very interesting stage in a business's life cycle as they transition through that break-even inflection point. If they can manage costs and sustain top-line growth, you tend to see some, some real magic happen in terms of profitability. And unlike other software as a service companies, eRoads has the dash cam. So hardware is really key to their position and their growth. So presumably this is something unique, um, well, in the software as a service space and hopefully unique in their space as they expand. Yeah. So unlike a pure software company, it does mean that for every new customer, you have to produce and, and give them a bit of hardware as well. So where software tends to be pure margin, you know, Microsoft selling an extra copy of Windows doesn't have to spend anything on that. It's not the same for them. So the gross margins won't be good as a, a pure company, but it's all part of bringing you into their ecosystem. You sign up, you get the software, you get the gear, you can buy it outright or you can lease it. There's different options with that and you can pay for it on a subscription basis and all of that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's, it's really cool technology. And as I said, just really there to make the lives of their customers easier and, and more um, profitable. And um, in terms of looking at a tracking company and what it does, you briefly uh, mentioned the, the advantages of having this data and being able to, you know, throw out the logbooks. Can we just take a bit more of a closer look about what the value proposition is for logistics companies? Yeah, so imagine you've got a bunch of trucks out there. There's so many things when you think about it that you need to manage there. These things have to be serviced on a regular basis. There are certain regulatory requirements in terms of how often a driver needs to stop and manage their speed. There's insurance requirements as well. If there is an accident, sort of proving who's at fault and all of this kind of stuff. What's the fuel usage consumption like? Can we improve that kind of stuff? route management. When you start digging into it, there's actually a huge amount of stuff that you can do. So everything from fleet productivity to managing your assets to reducing insurance premiums. Importantly, managing driver safety um, is really important as well. So it's, it's all of that and, and probably a bunch more as well. 
So, Andrew, getting out the crystal ball, what's the future of the business looking like? Yeah, well, this is probably true of, of almost every company, but you want to see some growth, right? And, and I think that these guys have some real potential here. So they started off in New Zealand and they are by far the dominant player in the Kiwi market. Two thirds of their revenues come from there. And then a few years ago, they entered into the US and a lot of Australian Kiwi companies go over to the US because it's the world's largest, most sort of profitable market. But as we also know, not many of them sort of make it there. So I'm I'm always a little skeptical when companies do that because it's it's often launched with a great deal of fanfare, but there's a huge amount of money that needs to be spent to establish yourself there. You know, the US is pretty good on technology as well, so they're not sitting idle. There's a lot of home field advantage there, a lot of competition. But what I think is interesting with these guys is they've already sort of demonstrated the viability in that market, and a third of their revenues come from there. Now, they actually went to the US as a Kiwi company before they went to Australia. They've only been in Australia for a year or two now. So Australia is a very, very small, only I think 2% of their, their units are in Australia. And the reason that they did that was there's some regulatory requirements over in the US. There's actually a federal mandate called the ELD, the Electronic Logging Device Mandate. It just requires, from an insurance perspective, trucks to have all of this tracking and stuff on them. So that was an opportunity that was too good to miss. So they went there, they've had great success. And the New Zealand business is, is still got a long way to run too, although it's the dominant player there, it's, it's still got a long way to run. But the Australian market is four times the size of the Kiwi market. And the US is five times the size of the Australian market. So I think the runway for growth is really attractive. But as I said, that's all good and well. But what makes it more interesting is they've actually demonstrated traction. They've already got customers. And I would encourage you listeners to do this. Go and open up some of their recent presentations and have a look at some of the, the charts they've got in there. And it's just sort of, it's that lovely step pattern, you know, bottom left to top right, very encouraging, very strong growth. To be fair, COVID did knock them around a little bit. We know the US was hit really hard there and they actually lost 39 or so units in the third quarter. In fact, that really sent shares off a cliff. So they had this really strong run up after they listed and then a bit of a wobble in the US due to COVID and things fell right down, which I was really grateful for because it was an incredible buying <laughs> opportunity. It's one of these things, Phil, where it's sort of like it's it's undeniably bad news when that, that happens, particularly in a market that you've got a lot of um, aspiration with. But it was never, to my mind, a, a structural problem. It was very much a temporary sort of one-off factor. And we've now seen that they have bounced back very strongly as well, and they're, they're continuing that growth. So... Yeah. And as I said, the other thing to really watch there is that potential to scale too with their financials. Andrew, thank you very much for joining me and uh, talking about e-roads. Always a pleasure, Phil. Great to chat. Shares for Beginners is for information and educational purposes only. It isn't financial advice and you shouldn't buy or sell any investments based on what you've heard here. Any opinion or commentary is the view of the speaker only, not Shares for Beginners. This podcast doesn't replace professional advice regarding your personal financial needs, circumstances or current situation. 